This is HPR episode 2709 entitled Bash Tips 16 and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 24 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Arrays in Bash Part 1. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Everybody, welcome to Hack Public Radio. This is Dave Morris, and I'm talking about Bash again. Bash tips number 16. I've dropped using the titles with interesting words from the thesaurus, as I mentioned on the community news. So, um, yeah, 16. So, what I'm doing now is talking about arrays in Bash. I'm going to do a bunch of shows on the subject to try not to make each one too long. So we've encountered bash arrays at various points throughout this sub-series. I've, I've referred to them and, and uh, given examples using them, but never really explained them. So now's the time to get into some explanations. First thing is that there are two types of arrays, and they're called indexed and associative. They're both one-dimensional, so other languages have multi-dimensional arrays, but not in bash. Indexed arrays are indexed by positive integers starting at zero, but the indices don't have to be sequential, so you can have gaps. That's called being sparse. Associative arrays are indexed by strings, and if you're following this series on ORC, then we've talked about the equivalent in that language. Both array types have no limit on the length, and the actual values you store in there are strings it might be numbers well actually it's, a, it's not quite as simple as that but i'm not getting to that particular point for a, a, a while not not this not in this episode anyway so there's several ways of creating arrays in bash and the methods of doing it vary slightly between the two types so let's first look at indexed arrays the first thing is that you can simply create a an indexed array and put a value in it by using the format name, where the name is, is the name of the array, then in square brackets, the subscript, that would be a number, index, index array, then after the closing square bracket, equals and then a value, which can just be an unquoted word if you wish, but usually wiser to quote things because bash can, can trip you up if you don't put quotes around strings. So I've got an example which shows an array called fruits and element zero in square brackets is being set equal to the string apple. Fruits one is being set to pear. So fruits is the array name and there are two subscripts which are zero and one. Subscripts or indices, whichever you like to, to say. 
and uh, so it's a, it's an assignment. But it's a if you've if you've used any languages that use arrays, this will not be a big surprise. This is the way it's usually done. The subscript must be a number or an expression, but it's an expression which evaluates to a number. String would not do. So I've got an example where a variable i is set to zero, then fruits dollar i in, as the subscript set to apple then i is incremented in a an arithmetic um, assignment and uh, arithmetic expansion i should say inside the square brackets so plus plus i is in two round brackets two parentheses with a dollar on the front we looked at this stuff in show 1951 which there's a link to in the show notes so that is being set to the value pair then we do the same again, fruits, open square brackets, dollar, two open parentheses, plus plus i, two close parentheses, close square brackets, equals, then in quotes, grape. So we're just incrementing that variable, which started at zero each time we add a value to it. It's not, not the best way of doing it, it's just to prove that that's a way of doing it. There's also a thing called a compound assignment, where you use the name of your array, so I've got the sort of generic form, name equals, then open parenthesis, followed by a list of things, and close parenthesis. The list is square brackets containing a subscript equals a value, so that would be for the first element. Then another one, square brackets, subscript two, close square bracket equals value two, and so forth. You can have as many of those as you want. I've just put two in my example. So I've rewritten the last example where we set each value into the array fruits by doing them one per line. And there's a compound statement, a compound assignment, which sets them all in one one line. I won't read this out because it's pretty much the same as before, but laid out differently, if you like. Then again, the subscript equals part is optional if what it's doing is starting at zero and going up in in, uh, incremental steps, incrementing by one each time. So you can write it as fruits equals, open parenthesis, then in quotes apple, space, in quotes pear, space, in quotes grape, close parenthesis. So those have been assigned to elements zero, one, and two. And what's happening is... Bash is seeing each of these items in this parenthesized list and is simply incrementing the index all by itself before it it, uh, assigns it to an array element. There's also a way in which you can take an already existing indexed array and append to it by typing, in this particular case, fruits plus equals open parenthesis quote banana close quote uh, close parenthesis i should say and that appends to it so it sticks banana on as the uh, the fourth element the one with the index of three remember zero it starts at zero plus equals operator is i think a fairly recent addition to bash some people i have seen and fact, i've done this myself forget to put the plus in front of the equals so this is not the same thing and if you were to to type fruit equals open parenthesis banana to an array that had already been been loaded with some data it's going to clear it completely and just add the one element the zeroth element will be banana so watch out for that another way to 
define an indexed array is with the declare built-in command. Now I'm going to look at declare in a bit more detail later on in this group of shows, but I, I'm not not going to go into great depth today. But anyway, declare space hyphen lowercase a space and then a name, in fact a list of names, will create a bunch of array variables which uh, are indexed arrays. Declare can be used to create other things, so you need to say what type of thing you're creating, and that's what this hyphen lowercase a does. So that's in indexed arrays. So they can be really simple, or you can be more formal about it and do use declare. However, when it comes to creating an associative array, you have to start with the declare. You can't do the explicit indexing stuff, because how could you? The, the indices or, or subscripts are strings, any old string you care to come up with. So there is no implicit thing you can do. It has to be an explicit uh, definition. But this, the initialization of an element is done pretty much the same way. Name, square bracket, subscript, close square bracket, equals value. The subscript that you put in between the square brackets doesn't need to be quoted if it contains a space. But other characters, uh, which are not just simple spaces and letters and numbers, might need quotes. So I've got an example here where we declare... I didn't say that you had to use a hyphen capital A to, to define a, an associative array. I skipped over that bit. So if you did declare space hyphen capital A space capitals, then got an example here where we're, we're initialising capitals square brackets England is set to the string London, Scotland, Edinburgh Wales, Cardiff, Northern Ireland Belfast. Northern Ireland's got a space in it and I haven't quoted it in here and that that's worked fine. You can also use compound assignment as we talked about with indexed stuff. Declare space hyphen capital space capitals and then you would do capitals equals open parenthesis then you've got to put the subscripts so square brackets England close square bracket equals London and so on and so forth I've quoted the the values in all these cases because it's just wise to as I said before you can even stick those two things together and you can declare you populate the array at the time you declare it so so after capitals in the declare command you can just put equals and then in parentheses the list of things you're you're setting up i've got an example here that shows it you can do the same with the indexed arrays as well i didn't mention that earlier so i've got an example here of how you would create an associative array called char c-h-a-r-s in which i'm assuming you would be storing certain characters when you look them up you would get back and a textual description of what the character is. So I've got declare space minus capital A space C-H-A-R-S. Then we set the an element C-H-A-R-S open square brackets quote. I've used a single quote open square bracket. So that's the character close quote. Then another close square bracket equals and then the string open square bracket. But you'd have to quote those square brackets that you're using as the subscripts. Not too surprisingly, because there's, there's lots of scope for 
confusion there. So how do you get hold of the contents of an array, having initialized it in some way or another? And there are other ways that you can initialize it than we've seen so far, but I'm not going to go into those in this episode. They'll come later. So one of the simplest ways of visualizing the contents of either type of array is using declare with the argument hyphen lowercase p. And this, what this does, it just generates a string, which you could save away somewhere, which is actually the command you used or would could use to create the array in the first place. So we've got, for example, the three arrays that we've been talking about so far. We've got declare space hyphen p, lowercase p, that is, space fruits, space capital, space chars and what you get back is a bunch of declares declare space hyphen a fruits equals and because this uh, this is a lowercase a and because the this one's an indexed array you just see the parenthesized list of subscripts and values if you did it if you um look at the declare hyphen capital a capitals then you see the um the list of subscripts and values starting with square brackets quotes Northern Ireland quotes close square bracket equal Belfast in quotes you get the general idea hopefully the ordering that you get stuff back in when you you run this command and really you'd use this if you were saving the structure of an, an array maybe to rebuild it later on in a script or something or in fact you, you might have been populating it from some data and you want to save it away back it up the order in which you get stuff back is is always in index order when it's an indexed array. But when it's an associative array, there is no defined order. We just happen to get them back in the order we're, we're seeing here. And bash, when it reports them back, quotes the strings, uh, the subscript strings in an associative array. But you can omit most of them when you're doing it yourself, as long as you're sensible about it. So that's one way of seeing what's in an array when you're you're doing you're developing stuff or whatever. The usual way that you access array elements is with the syntax dollar because you're you're expanding a variable. But this time you put an open curly bracket, the name of the array, then in square brackets a subscript, which can be an expression or a constant. Close square brackets, co- close curly bracket. So that's how you access an array element. The curly brackets, you need them in order to avoid any conflict with Bash's file name expansion operators. Now, when I first saw this, I wondered what, why? Why can't you simply write something like dollar fruits square brackets one? That would be the logical thing to do. But the problem is that the way bash is structured, that will be parsed as the variable dollar fruits, or the variable fruits um, being expanded because of the dollar on the front. And the square bracketed number will be regarded as a glob range expression. You know, those things where you have open square brackets, one hyphen nine or something like that. So that would not give the result that that's wanted. I did a few tests to see what would happen if you did that, given I was working in an environment where I had the various arrays that we've been looking at so far. What would happen? 
So I echoed dollar fruits square brackets one. And I get back the expansion of fruits. And you get back the first element followed by square brackets one, which is pretty well meaningful. Meaningless, sorry. <laughs> Not meaningful is what I was going to say. And that's partly because if you use the name of an array without any subscript, then that's interpreted by Bash as the element with index 0, i.e. the first first element in an indexed array. It also has the same meaning when you come to an associative array, which I think is a bit odd. The following example, though, is showing if you declared a associative array, so it's a hyphen capital A, and I've called it hash, and in it I've created a, an element with subscript of lowercase a value 42, lowercase b subscript value 97, and a value uh, subscript of 0, and I put the string what is this question mark. That's all in parentheses. If I echo the array hash, just by giving it dollar hash, what I get back is that Bash has interpreted hash as being the first element, or the zeroth element, or indeed, even more weird, the element which has the index zero. Well, there just happens to be one. It's the string zero, but you get back the string what is this. Now, that's very strange. So I think I'm trying to prove here that you should not omit the curly brackets because you're going to be in a whole whole uh, painful area which you're going to uh, regret, I think, if you struggle to work out what on earth is happening. If you put the curly brackets around this stuff, then you would type echo space, and then in double quotes, you don't strictly need double quotes, but it's always wise to put them in, dollar, open curly bracket, fruits, open square bracket, one, close square bracket, close curly bracket, close quotes. And you would get back the word pair, because that's the element with index of one. So that's how you access an individual array element. If you want to do something where you look at all of the elements of a, an array, then instead of using a uh, subscript, which is a, a number or a string, two special subscripts which you can use. The first one is an at sign, and the second one is an asterisk. So there's an example here where we're echoing fruits using the subscript of an at. We get back the four four elements, apple, pear, grape, and banana, and we get them back in, in order. Now, the difference between the at sign and the asterisk is only apparent when you use the expression in double quotes and only when the thing you're using it with cares about about uh, the outcome. If you use an asterisk, the array elements are returned as a single word and they're separated by whatever the first character of the IFS variable is. We, we looked at this in an earlier episode. I don't remember what number it was. I didn't make a note of it. But the ifs or IFS variable defines it's the uh, interfield separator and it's usually a space unless you fiddle with it so you're going to get back the list of things apple pear grape banana in that particular instance but they're all going to be stuck together uh, in one word that is as if they were in one string if you use the at sign the array elements are returned as 
a list of separate words. And this thing about words here is a little bit odd, but I've got an example coming up. It's a downloadable one which attempts to demonstrate what this actually means. And uh, it's really relevant when you are expanding an array in a loop. So the downloadable script is called bash16 underscore ex1.sh. There's only one, one script in this associated with this show this time. And it does some stuff, and it um, uses the ever-beloved user-share-dict-words to generate random words. I've listed it in the notes, and I'll just go through the, the uh, components of it. First of all, we declare an array. The array is an associate... Uh, no, it's not. It's an indexed array, so we're using a hyphen lowercase a, and we are calling it words. And we populate this array in a for loop. So we've got for word, that's the variable that's going to be receiving each individual thing, for word in, and then we've got a command substitution, which is the sort of stuff I've been doing in previous examples, grepping stuff out of user share dict words. In this case, I'm grepping out everything that's not a capitalized word and it's not a possessive i've talked about this before so i won't go into huge detail that is being piped to the shuff command uh, with the arguments the option hyphen n with the number five so that that all that does is to randomly pick five words out of what uh, what's being returned by the grep so after that close square bracket, we've got a semicolon and the do. Then all that's happening is words, the array words, is being appended to. So it's words plus equals, open parenthesis, and then in quotes we have, that's double quotes I should say, dollar word. So every time around the loop, a word is being added to the array. And there's the done part of the loop so that's it that's the loop that's chuntering through this list of five words and adding them to the array this is not the best way to initialize an array i should say but we haven't looked at better ways yet then the next bit is a loop which uses the asterisk as the index when it expands the array so we, we echo the fact that we're doing this and we've got another for loop, for word in, and then in double quotes we've got dollar open curly bracket words, that array name, square open square bracket, asterisk, close square bracket, close curly bracket, double quote. That's a quoted reference to the whole array, but it's using the asterisk, as we said before. That's followed by semicolon and do. I like to stick the two on the same line. We echo the words. And we get back. Then the next one, next case is a another for loop doing just about exactly the same thing except that it's using an at, an at sign as the index. So I won't explain it any more than that. And when it's run, it comes back with the list of five random words. And I've run it and put the results into the notes. And you, you get the, the message using, and then the, the format that it's using, whether it's using the asterisk or the at sign. And then you get the five words. In the case where you use an asterisk, the words are written out on one line. 
and that's because the loop went round only once because the the variable word was filled with all four elements of the array which were then uh, printed out the loop the echo in the loop printed out the other one which uses an at gets back each word each element of the array into the variable word each time around the loop and it it iterates five times so it gets back the same it's the same array that we're looking at the the same set of five words but it gets them one at a time so it calls echo five times so they come out one per line for five hopefully that uh, there's some there's some things in that script that you might find useful it doesn't do anything useful really but it demonstrates the difference between these forms which i think is quite important took me a long while to fully understand what this meant so I've tried to condense the meaning into this script for you to uh, to take away. We'll leave it there then and uh, carry on looking at this business of accessing array elements in the next episode. Hopefully uh, you found that useful and uh, we'll be back for the next one. Bye bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.